0: Week, um, yeah, we've seen miracles. Yeah, we've seen seen some miracles as well. We've probably experienced, um, yeah, we've seen words, uh, prophetic words come about. We've seen um, prayers answered. We've seen freedom and and victory. I think, you know, like we haven't before. So, I don't. I, to be honest, I almost don't know where to start. There was so much I could have shared today, and you know, sometimes we sit here and we. I don't know, we share from our heart what God's doing and sometimes we sort of share what he's doing in our worlds and yeah, there's just a few things I wanted to catch you guys up on if that's all right. Just um, yeah, just share a bit about what he's doing in Mel and Mel and our our worlds and in our hearts and so um, yeah, I guess uh, yeah, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. We mentioned a few weeks ago um, we felt uh, yeah, we felt God was asking us to sell our house and Few months ago, and so we put it on the market, um, and uh, it took it took a long time, um, and you know everyone was really optimistic about the time frame for selling a house, and it took uh, you know three months just sitting on the market, and so you know you start wondering you know what what the deal is, what's wrong with your house, or why is everyone else's place selling and yours is sort of just sitting there, and God really used that time to just work on our hearts, and I shared a couple of weeks ago, you know, like He really challenged us, you know, about about, you know, even even having what we have being ours and, and you know, would we give it away or would we give the proceeds away if we sold it? And then he really challenged my heart about, well, would I trust him, you know, to to hold out and to, to you know, to wait for a real blessing if someone made an offer on the house that was a real blessing. And um, so he was, he was doing his work in the background and then uh, it turned out that after that long period of time, we did have an offer on the house, but it was a really low offer um and not within the price range that we'd set out and um you know I prayed I prayed about that because I I just didn't know what to do you know like it it felt risky you know rejecting that offer which is what you know most people would do uh and so we were really considering taking the offer and and we just felt Mel and I both felt that um it would be uh uh succumbing to fear um just a feeling of sort of rolling over and allowing a situation to dictate our decisions and um So we felt to reject that offer and we knew that you know that that offer was a walkaway offer for the people who were offering it and so um yeah we we took a risk and and we did what you know we felt like god was asking us to do um a a week later someone made an offer on the house and we accepted it and it was you know within the range that we wanted and and so yeah god just proved himself in that in that time you know we were listening for his voice and um he, he just really came through for us um and so uh, we started looking, we started looking for a house because obviously we need to put a ro- roof over our head and we'd love to have a backyard for the for the girls running around now. We'd love to put a trampoline out somewhere. And and that was sort of on our list. And um, we found a house uh, down in Rosebud that we really liked the look of. Um, and it just, you know, like we, we looked at it and, and it yeah, it, it took a while to sort of process it, but eventually we sort of, after going and seeing it, Mel's comment was, you know, it's almost the same as what we have, but it's just got everything else that we wanted and more. And uh, so we, we, but again, we were like, "Well, God, what are you doing?" Because we don't want to just assume that this is the thing for us. And so, um, uh, we also, we also had some debt to consider. We were, we were in um, a business called LifeTree, and um, you know, although we, we feel like we've been um, led in many ways to to be where we're in the position that we're in. In that business um, and the people that we're in the business with really are the gift. We found ourselves in some debt that um, we had no foreseeable way of clearing and we had run out of stock to sell in order to to clear the debt and so that was a consideration amongst you know this idea of buying a house and um, yeah I guess I found myself sticking my head in the sand a little bit around around that debt you know it's sort of out of sight out of mind and um, you know so I found myself challenged to sort of pull my head up and, and look at the reality of the situation that we were in and that other people were you know affected by our decisions to then go and purchase a house rather than to you know use the proceeds of the house to clear that debt which is what we could have done and um anyway this is where the miracles start I suppose we um we had a meeting together on Thursday with that with that group and um yeah we I guess a bit of backstory you know like we, we've had this debt um, for i don't even know how long six years five years four years yeah Gee, it feels longer um yeah like we've've we've, we've really walked a road where we felt the burden of um, of that and uh um, you know Carllan had a prophetic word um that uh, you know um, she saw a picture of a lemonade stand up didn't ask if i could share this with we, we speak about it all the time so i figured it was okay but she had this picture of a lemonade stand and a child selling lemonade, and um, a father coming along and just buying a whole lot. And you um, have already been emotional once today, I'm trying to keep it together. But yeah, long story short, um, Glenn zoomed into that meeting and um, uh, he let us know that the debt was forgiven. And um, he also said uh, he just felt that the timing was uh, a real rush to tell us at that point. On that day, that week, that our debt had been forgiven and then, um, yeah, I don't think this is a secret, but, um, you know, the, that, uh, the funds came from the foundation um, that Glenn and Brad and Rob were a part of and also Brad and Leela had invested as well and, you um, you know, tears were already flowing in the room at that point. But um, Brad and Lila sort of dropped the bombshell that their portion was forgiven as well. And um, and yeah, I think I think we're still processing that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think initially thoughts of um, we don't deserve that, or we'd rather try and you know. That ourselves, and um, yeah, we, we recognize that that comes at a cost, um, but uh, uh, geez, come on, James. Yeah, we've you know, uh, Glenn made it clear that, um, you know, that money that they were forgiving was was God's, and they saw it very clearly that way, and they had heard for, from God, and that, um, he felt like that was a real good investment on his part, um, so yeah that, that was just a miracle for us and you know um we come here this morning we hear more miracles like that is a miracle really like that is a, that is just an absolute miracle like I I get a sense that that just doesn't happen like, that just doesn't happen that you know you get accepted that quickly and you're on a plane and I guess we were experiencing the same thing you know like after so long feeling um feeling the weight of something it was like you know in this moment you know we were just I guess we were set free just forgiven um and so long story short, um, we'd already inquired about this house. The very next day, the offer on our house goes unconditional. Um, and 15 minutes later, the selling agent from the place that we looked at calls back and said, your offer's been accepted on a house in Rosebud. Um, so, yeah, the Kenners are moving to Rosebud. That's our news. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being excited. We're pretty excited about that. Um, but the process has just been really learning to to stick with God in the whole thing. You know, like he really... Um, he was really with us in the selling of the house and every step of the way, you know, we felt like he was showing us what he had. And um, yeah, I, I had the opportunity, I guess, to sort of roll over as well in the, um, in the purchase of a house. Like, you know, we, we had the option to just offer, you know, um, more. And and again, I, I felt like that's what God would say and, you know, consulted him. And he was like, he actually said to me, he said, James, you know, you could do with a little bit of fighting you, you know, um, Time to time to stand up and fight for for what for what I'm doing and uh, and so yeah. Long story short, um, the, the agent got back on the phone with us and said, "Hey, just quietly, you've you've done a really good deal, um, and you know you don't see houses go you know for that price in that area too often." And uh, it's just a real blessing, like it's just a miracle. Um, and and so yeah, we've just been so blessed this week. Um, and and it's financially but but really the work that he's doing you know the really valuable work is what he's been doing in our hearts um and i think uh i think i think i look back at the period that's led up to this and you know we see we see the victory like we um we we take these moments and we look at them and we celebrate but the truth is i can look back at the past four years um and and i really see what god's been doing and and that in in my heart you know teaching me to trust him for for these moments where, you know, he has something for us that is quite practical. Um, but, to, yeah, I guess I just wanted to, um, yeah, take you guys back a little bit to, to that time. I think um, for, for quite some time previous, maybe six months previous, I think I was feeling, um, yeah, just the weight of life. I think I was feeling um, pretty discouraged and anxious and I, I would wake up um, for no apparent reason at night time and just sit on the bed and just start praying and just try to be with the Spirit. I just found that. You know like being with god's spirit was was the only thing that would overcome that, and um i think i I think I got to the point where I became a little bit angry about that, you know, like i I realized you know all of these things that we've been speaking about for for so long that we have been about together. I said to God, yeah, you know, just in a moment of honesty, I said, I don't feel like I'm living them yeah where is the victory in this i don't I don't feel like I see this every day, like is it supposed to be a struggle? Is this the way it's supposed to be i don't I don't think so I don't see the The victory in that and um I just kept um I I just got sick of not being free to be honest and I kept praying about it and I just felt like God just kept saying asking me to open my eyes and um yeah he was asking me to open my eyes not to the things around me which is what I assumed but but to myself to me and um and uh I think I think things had got bad enough that I was open to doing that, and I think he allows the challenges and the trials in life to become um, the catalyst for for the things that he wants to do. And um, he took me to a place where he just helped me recognize some some ugly stuff, some emotion in me that was that I didn't really want to see. And that's what he was trying to open my eyes to. And, and there was actually a lot of anger in me, um, and and uh, I didn't I wasn't allowing myself to feel that. I was sticking my head in the sand, even to that. Um, and it sort of culminated in one night where uh, I got really angry. Like I, I was kind of let it out and um, probably wasn't wasn't actually pleasant for Mel, like um, although she sat and listened to me and, you know, but I was I was angry at God, I was angry at Mel, I was angry about marriage, I was angry about finances, I was angry about our life. It was like, it's like the blah, like this just, this bottled up emotion just sort of came out and, um, it was just a moment where I guess they opened my eyes to the depths of me and uh, I didn't want to for so long, but it was in there and I just couldn't, I guess I couldn't, um, I couldn't deny it any longer and um, and so that sort of happened. But I sort of uh, finished up in that process, I think I felt the relief of feeling myself, like allowing my soul to speak, do you know what I mean? When something's so suppressed for so long, it's like oh, it's like I could breathe again, do you know what I mean? And um, I went to work the very next day, um, and uh, I went to a house to, to measure up this house. Mel, Mel probably can't believe I'm about to tell you this story. I did not want to. I don't want to tell you this story. This is embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, I walked in the front door of this house. Had a keypad pad on it. Um, figured out how to get in. Closed the door behind me, and immediately my guts just started aching, and um, that's that's unusual for me. Uh, you can probably guess what's about to happen. Um, and uh, anyway, I realised I needed to go to the bathroom and you're not supposed to use the bathrooms in this place because they're set up for um, uh, inspections for rentals or for sale. Um, and so the the other problem I had was I didn't realise that I'd just locked myself in the house. Um, the house had a keypad on the front, but I, w- I knew how to get in. I wasn't aware how to get out. Um, And there was no hidden latch on the door. There was no keypad on the inside. So I'm sure there was a way I just wasn't clever enough to figure it out. Um, The other problem that I had was that um, often when I go to these places, most often 90% of the time, real estate agents turn up um, along with uh, a band of copywriters and photographers. And so I'm very rarely alone. Uh, So oh, the other problem that I had this yeah, I was really, I was was in a pickle. Um, I couldn't get out the front, but I realised I the, I couldn't get it out the back because out the back um, the, the house was a terrace so it was basically a full story down off the back balcony and that's broken leg land if you want to try and get down that way so. Um, and the final problem was I checked the toilet that was downstairs there and there was no toilet paper, so I was I was in a real bad way in this house and um, anyway, thankfully, I found um, a toilet upstairs that had some paper. And I won't go into great detail because I'm not proud of what <laughs> happened at 9 Atlantic Terrace, Mount Martha, <laughs> that day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this one day and you're the owner, I'm sorry. Um, and it was hard to imagine that God was using that circumstance. Maybe I just thought it was going to be a funny story. Um, but I guess I'd, the night before I'd just come through this process of just releasing and giving, um, you know, the Father this anger and um, I, I left, I started walking around the house doing the rest of the measure up and just, I just felt free. And, and I immediately thought, got it like, th- this was unusual. This was an unusual circumstance for me. I've got guts of steel. I can eat just about anything. No, probably, probably eat glass. And so this was really unusual. And um, I thought back to a story, Dan and Fiona are even here. So didn't ask for permission to share this, but I remember, I remember at, um, out at Nuji one time we were camping and, and Dan felt really sick and I think his problem was maybe vomiting maybe maybe the same as me I'm not sure but um and I remember Brad's comment was hey Dan I prayed for you last night and I felt like God said um don't worry about Dan this is me and and so I recalled that and I I, I said to God eventually like what what did you just do and um he he gave me the word submission um I just checked my notes so I might be way off here but you know that's right um he gave me the word submission and uh, he gave me the story of the of the prodigal son um and and so that story is the son leaves the father and takes you know the wealth of the father and and squanders it basically and um but, but god sort of pinpointed this this moment in that story for me where um the son the son makes a decision to turn around to the father and uh um yeah, he he just showed me that, the, like putting one one foot in front of the other was not actually the difficult part of that story for the son, the prodigal son that had run off with the father's wealth. The most difficult part of that story was making the decision to turn around. And um, yeah, I think I think that was a moment of acknowledgement. And so um, yeah, that that's a story of confession. You know, like I love that song that you wrote, Curtis. That story, I confess, it was like this moment of confession is actually the moment where. Um, God gets to do his work you know and it's like when when we when we are caught up in a moment of confession and he encourages us to see the depths of our heart the pain that we've experienced and the things that he wants to come in and heal instead of hiding them in darkness and allowing light to come in to allow him to open the door um, and admit that we need to submit to a father's love that is actually the moment that we turn around and put one foot in front of the other and um (laughs) It's the moment that he comes running. Yeah, Like, he doesn't need much. Do you know what I mean? But um, if I can't acknowledge my own heart, if I can't go there for fear that the Father will actually encourage shame in me, then I'll never actually experience the ring on the finger and the robe. I'll never actually experience being um, accepted back into the Father's house. And and I guess that's what I experienced um, in in that time the night before where I'd, um, you know, shared just openly about, you know, the true reality of what I was experiencing um, was I see now that that, w- that was actually the moment where God had me sort of about face and he did the rest. Do you know what I mean? I did, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just going to work and it's a funny story to some extent, but yeah, even that he, he was at work, you know, like he was running and um, yeah, I felt to share Psalm fifty one seventeen. It says, uh, my only my only sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, broken with sorrow for sin, thoroughly penitent. Such, O oh God, you will not despise. Um, yeah, you know, just you know, even with the the story this week about the house and all that he's been doing, you know, like he's just he's just he's covered our shame. You know, like I found myself um, quite ashamed of that debt like it spoke something to me, to my identity, to who I was. Like I'd go into business and fail and there's nothing wrong with failing practically, you know, you can, I guess, recover and get back on the horse. But when, when an experience that you have says you're a failure, you know, that's different. That's speaking to the depths of who you are. And, uh, and it was just a moment, um, I guess, where I came to the father and I, I felt shame about having these Emotions, you know, like this anger and this sadness from the experiences that we've had, and oh, there's a dog in the room. Hey, Mackie. Yeah, so I think I think the lesson in that for me is, and and the question that I was asking was, um, you know, like Jesus, Jesus also said that he came to to heal the brokenhearted, to bind them up, you know, to set the captives free, and I think um, I think the problem that the prodigal son faced, and that I was facing, was that. Um, uh, I didn't want to look at my heart. Like I didn't want to acknowledge my heart, brokenness. And so, you know, like the, the father, he, if, if we decide to run off and not be with the father, he doesn't have the option to be with us in order to heal our broken hearts. Do you know what I mean? Like he says he came to set the captives free and to bind up broken hearts, but if I'm not willing to share my heart, he has no heart to heal because my heart is not with him. But he has he has um chosen to be with me in my heart oh gee it was it was so profound and one off i'm not sure <laughs> i can it's too much curtis uh, you might have to help me that part about the heart. yeah yeah he's he's promised to to bind up the brokenhearted and to, to heal to heal my heart that's what he came to do to set the captives free but if i run off from him with my heart then my heart's not with him right. and so he has no you know, that's my free will I have free will to be with him or not to that's my choice you know he, he made the ultimate sacrifice and proved his love and he, get, he gives me free will to love him back or not and and part of receiving healing and life from him is to choose to be with him in every part of me and you know in a in a moment of salvation i recognize that um my goodness god god is real he's the real deal like and, and Jesus came and died for my sin, and, and, and then I get to go on this journey of um, allowing him to knock on every part of the door of my heart that remains hidden in shame, that I don't want to offer to him because I just can't go there. And so that was the experience I had. I just wanted to read Luke 15. This is 20 to 23. You can throw it up on the screen. Thanks, Marcy. It's great. Just don't usually sit in this configuration. I told Curtis that if I got bored, you could put a movie on today. Um, It says, so he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, bring out the best robe for the guest of honour and put it on him and give him a ring for his hand and sandals for his feet and bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let us invite everyone and feast and celebrate. I think, yeah, that's just been our experience this week. You know, like Mel, Mel actually made the connection with the ring and the robe. I just bought the poop story. That was my contribution. Um, and so practically there has just been so much happening, you know, like just, just things that don't happen, just miracles, just the forgiveness of debt. Um, and I guess I can't help but feel like, you know, we are, we are those who have been, you know, forgiven much and far be it from us to go out and demand, you know, from others, you know, to, to repay their debts when we have, you know, been given so much. And that's a real practical understanding because there was a literal debt. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes it's really hard to grasp what has been forgiven. And we sat around, I'm really off script here, but we sat around in the meeting that day and... <laughs> Um there was just silence. You know, like what response could you give? What could you give to such a um extravagant gift? You know? It's just um, there's just too much, really. It's too much to, to bear, just all that we've been forgiven and um yeah, it's I, I can't help but make a a parallel to, to what Jesus did. Yeah, mm-hmm. just been forgiven so much. Yeah, we are those who have been forgiven, and I guess that includes all of us. Hey, yeah. So I think the challenge is today, and I don't know. I had more to, more to say. Where are we up to? Oh no, we're not. we we'll, uh, <laughs> We should probably finish up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think I guess, you know, the challenge that I wanted us to take away from today is, you know, like, um, are there parts of our hearts that uh, he doesn't have yet that, you know, we've covered up the fear of shame that, you know, if if we acknowledged and confessed, you know, like the, the prodigal son story was really a, a story of repentance and he bore the con- consequence of his repentance towards the father and Obviously, it felt like a great risk to return to the father. You know, the story says he came to his senses. It's like, man, do I live, you know, without sense? You know, not, not recognizing that the father would, if I approached him with the things in my heart that have remained hidden for fear of shame. If I, if I would just bring them to him, I'd see that he was just so filled with grace. Put a ring on my finger and sandals on my feet. He covered my shame with a robe. You know, like Mel's, Mel was saying, she just really felt like, um, you know, the house was just, the new, this new house was just, uh, it was the robe. I think that's what you were saying. Yeah. And really the relationships in the business sense that, you know, we were a part of was the ring. Like he just adorned us with this you know, this ring of love. Um, yeah. So back to the word submission, you know, like, um, yeah, what are we harboring in our hearts that uh you now all we need to do is about face, you know, just submit to a father's love who just wants to have so much grace for the, the, the places in us. Yeah, what, what was the song, Curtis? Um, My heart is an open space. Do you know, you would remember the words. Can you help us out? For you to, to come and have your way. Yeah, I'm open. I'm open. And then, then it did actually talk about having eyes open. It's like, is that, is that true for us? Like, is our heart really an open space for him to come and have our way? Like, is there anything that, if you asked him today, is there anything in, in your heart that, that you could say, Hey, Jesus, show me your heart? Like, show me my heart. Like, what, what, is, the, what is the space and place that um, you desire to, to come into and heal, to be a part of? And what is it that looks like an about face for me to, to come and experience the love of a father and submit to, to his love and experience the ring and the robe? Um, and I guess as well, you know, like, are we willing to be those who are brokenhearted I think that was the pride I think that was a pride in it for me and I didn't want to experience the emotion that was sort of deep within you know it's like I want to be the one that has it all together I don't want to be the one that is experiencing anger or sadness or the things that I'm not particularly proud of I you know, probably am more ashamed of sitting up here telling you guys that I am an angry person than you know having had a experience at nine atlantic <laughs> Terrace that you wouldn't normally wouldn't tell people like that's, that's really the shameful part to me but you know like I come to the father with that and it's like he just he sets he sets me free do you know what I mean and, and so so now I'm, I'm, I'm excited to come to him it's like oh this is amazing I just feel so free these things that I've lived under in bondage and you know the the, the weight of the oppression of them for so long all I have to do is bring them to him and he brings the healing, and he just starts running, and he meets me halfway. And all I have to do is recognize that, like the prodigal son, I have to come to my senses and and realize that it's just a moment of repentance. And he does the rest. Anyway, we want to have uh, we want to have some time for a chat. So, yeah, let's get into groups of how many, Curtis? Four, five? Um, yeah, two groups. That'd be good. Let's just let's just chat. Let's see where this has landed us. You know, like, uh, are we open? to the Father coming into every space place in our heart and having his way or, or are we holding out? Is there something that he'd, he'd love to show us in our hearts? Do we find it easy to come to our senses or does, um, does pride stop us? Well, let's have a talk.